Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Kiss of Death podcast. I'm Mike Brown. That's my dude, Jeremy Brenner. Jeremy, what's going down on this Sunday night? Oh, Michael Brown, it's always good to talk to you. And um, yeah, I got I got a little bit of a tan this weekend. Um, the sun great. just the sun just you know had a liking to me, and I I can't tell if it's pink or red or whatever but you know the sun's got my you look great uh here at the kiss of death we are (laughs) so beyond blessed to be uh the official rockets affiliate for uh fans first sports network on twitter at fans first sn uh throughout the next couple weeks our intention is to go live every sunday every tuesday night eight o'clock central time uh here on the facebook for the dream shake um the kiss of death twitter here on my facebook as well jeremy we got a lot to break down rockets wise there was a big event this past weekend featuring uh rafael stone kevin porter jr uh jabari smith jr there's some quotes i want to get your take on the people's take on without further ado we're less than what two and a half weeks from the draft um if you guys have missed any of our previous podcasts make sure to go check those out Anywhere you can listen to your favorite podcast, The Kiss of Death, Episode 5. We are off and running. We're going to have so much content coming out the next couple weeks. So many guests, Jeremy and myself, so much breakdown. Uh, Jeremy and I are going to disagree. That's what – I hate to say, Jeremy, that's what you and I do best. Hey, 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 hey. You know what I mean? Who who says we're going to disagree? I do. You never know. You never know. 
No, I mean, that's what you, you and I do, basketball, fam. I mean, you know, we break down everything Rockets. Um, listen, the biggest thing, the, the event this past weekend featured Raphael Stone, general manager of the Rockets, Jabari Smith, Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, there was a quote that I want to get to uh, first, and that's something that you echoed a couple years ago, Jeremy Brenner, and that's Raphael Stone feels like there is no correlation between free agency in the draft it's best player available uh no matter what i think he's an idiot for saying that i don't know if it's true i don't know if it's he believes it he doesn't i don't know if it's just posturing by by him you you love that stance of just best player available it's something that i don't believe in personally but do you and i don't believe in it either mike because i'm agreeing with you tonight okay Hey, no, 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 no. I'm I'm just, I'm going off of what you've said in the past (laughs) of best player available. I literally, I can go to the, the audio. That's what he said, that there's no correlation between free agents. You got receipts. You got receipts, Michael Brown. I have all the receipts. I have, you know what? There are, there are receipts. Go check out our previous 400 or something episodes. I've probably said this once or twice, but I also have said, Mike, that this draft is slightly different because the Rockets have uh, you know somewhat of a core going into this season right you've got Jalen you've got Jabari you've got Shengun you've got some pieces there and you don't necessarily want to take someone like Jarris Walker at number four Mike that is not going to fit this roster um, so yeah you do like you do want to take the best player available because you are going to get one of those you you suppose that you will get one of those with the number four in the draft. Um, but at the same time, you want to make sure the player fits the mission that y'all are doing. And there are, you know, positional versatility is something that's very big in the NBA nowadays. And usually you can get players in that can play multiple positions and that gives them more value because they're able to fill in multiple different lineups. And usually those guys are the ones that move towards the top of the draft. We look at the Thompson twins, for example, the reason why they are viewed as such high prospects is because they can play multiple positions, especially Ozair Thompson as well. That's something we talked a lot about Eamon in the last podcast. Ozair Thompson could be an option too at number four. We have no idea. Um, it, you know, there's, there's a bunch of different players that are kind of available at number four, especially if the first three off the board are Wemby, Scoot, and and Brandon Miller. Um, I, you know, I've kind of looked at, you know, the draft process is evolving um, as we've seen um, over the last couple weeks, and it will continue to evolve up until June 22nd when – that's two weeks from Thursday, Mike. It's, it's coming up fast on us. Um, so, yeah, so really the Rockets, what they're also doing here is they – uh, and there is some posturing to it, I think. You know, Rafael Stone's kind of saying, hey, um, you look at various different, um, you know, routes the Rockets go. Do they trade down? Do they trade up? You know, do they take this player, that player, the other player? You know, do they trade out for a veteran? You know, there's there's so many different routes the Rockets can go in. And some are more um, desirable than others. But, you know, the Rockets are playing the, hey, we're open game. And that's what you have to do when you are picking number four in a draft. There's no doubt. And Andrew points out, you know, sorry if I'm repeating on already discussed topic, but doesn't Amen's lack of a jump shot concern you guys? 
He absolutely does. And that's what, what ties into the, the topic of what Raphael Stone said, which, Jeremy, to be honest with you, you know, he's all out, outwardly projecting that he's all about best player available, which I don't hate. I don't hate that take. I don't know if it's true or not. Like, that's the thing, you know, dude. Like, everything he's saying right now, I don't believe. There's a grain of salt that goes with what all of the GMs are saying. Well, absolutely. There should be. I mean, do they have interest in James Harden? Do they not? You know, they I'm ask, sure they do. Well, they asked Ime Udoka about his thoughts on James Harden's restaurant. And he said, oh, well, you know, it sounds like a decent restaurant. Maybe I should go check it out. Because what is he supposed to say? Right, exactly. It's like, yeah. you would look at that and he's like, oh, he's going to go check it out. Which means James Harden's coming back. He's signing the max. He's... You know, I like, would love, I would love, love, love if James Harden comes back to Houston, if we could do an episode from 13 Restaurant. That'd be pretty oh, cool. Happening. Oh, dude, it's totally happening. <laughs> oh, dude, between you and I, totally happening. Um, the Here's my biggest question to you, right? We're less than three weeks from the draft. Has your mind altered? Because a lot of the shows that you and I are going to do, we're going to do probably four shows between now and the draft. At or, least, yeah. My question to you, Jeremy Brenner, big fan of the Rockets. That's what you are. Are you stuck on Amen Thompson at number four? Is no. that the guy for you? Because I know you've looked at this draft enough that you've looked at the other guys. You've looked at Brandon Miller. You've looked at uh, Jarris Walker. If all things happen where, uh, what's his name? The, uh, the freak goes number one. Uh we do have breaking. Well, we do have breaking. <laughs> we do have breaking news that Scoot Henderson is refusing to work out for the Rockets. So we got to talk about that. Uh, Scoot Henderson goes two, and let's say Brandon Miller goes three. Are you stuck if the Rockets stay at number four? They're taking Amen Thompson. No, I can like at the okay. end of the day, I know the Rockets are getting a good player at four. It doesn't have to be one like. There's several players that you can convince me on, um, and and I'm going to be happy with whoever the Rockets take. I think they're going to end up with a really good player regardless. Even if it's Jairus Walker, I will find a way to enjoy the pick. because And it's not that I don't think Jairus Walker is a, a good – it's not that I think Jairus Walker is a bad player because he's not. But I just have a hard time seeing Jairus Walker making an impact – with what I believe to be what the Rockets are doing. Now, the good the, the thing about the Rockets that is very um intriguing is that they're gonna be under Udoka's you know system, and we really don't know what that is going to look like. So we're looking at this pick, the first pick in the Udoka era for the Rockets. That's what's gonna set the tone for what Ime is gonna throw down. In, in terms of his team, right? Like he's getting Emay's guy and that could mean a lot long-term. You could look at that as someone that has higher stock than people that have been here for a year or two or three by now. So that is, is something that is, is, is important to note in, in this whole process is that this is Emay's first pick. And what we've seen is that, you know, we, if we trust in Emay Odoka, and I am. Are you, Mike? Are you putting your full trust in Ime Udoka? No. No? I'm not. 
Why not? You have to. He hasn't done anything as a rocket. Look. Well, I mean, what else? So what are you going to do? Look, I look. I like Ime. Ime's, e, Ime is the best possible head coaching candidate that the Rockets could have hired. You saw that. I haven't yes. gotten here. Yes, and and his track record is proven as a coach, and and so that like it's not though, it's not. He had he had one year. That's a flash in the pan. A finals, a finals appearance, Mike. It's a flash in the pan. A finals appearance. It's a fine. Okay, but he okay. They beat the Celtics. They beat the Heat. They 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 didn't this year. They didn't win anything. Like the thing is. He had a night. He had a great run in one year with Boston. There's no doubt. But if you're asking me, am I putting my full trust into him? No, I'm I think not. You have to. I no, think you don't. absolutely have to. Oh, if you're mean, a fan, if you're a fan, I'm saying, I'm saying, hey, this and, is- and the Rockets did like the Rockets, and and also like you just have like I, whoever the Rockets get. Is someone that is going to fit Ime's vision, 100%. and Ime's vision is hopefully better than what Steven Silas had. Oh, that's why you got him. That's why you fired Silas because you didn't like his vision with the team and where it was going. So you changed it and you hired someone that you are putting in the trust. You like when they hire Ime Udoka, they say, "Hey, Ime Udoka, you're coming to Houston to win a championship." And and Ime Udoka, with all of the options that he had at the time, could have gone to a team with a better chance to win a championship. Yet, even though the Rockets didn't have the number one pick or anything, he chose to come to Houston. But I don't agree. And, that- and the money wasn't the money wasn't an issue either because you saw what kind of bag Monty Williams got. So like you and, and I don't think that Ime Udoka is worth what Monty Williams got. I think Monty Williams is. I mean, you think Monty Williams should be the number one paid coach in the NBA? No, but that's the only way you no. can convince him. So, but that's what he's getting, Mike. He's getting $13 million from the Detroit Pistons. That's the only way you go to Detroit is you have to overpay him. No disrespect to my family and everybody else who lives in Detroit. That's the only way you go to family in Detroit. You saying that? Yeah, but it's to overpay him. Look, you and I talked about it when we hired Udoka. The Rockets gave him the best case for being they a did, and that and that should say something. And it has like, nothing to do with the roster, though. The roster it does. It absolutely does. And and didn't he say that he was more impressed with the roster than he thought he would be? Uh, I mean, in that in that press conference, he did. He said they're a little bit further along than he had even thought, which is only a good sign. Now, maybe he had very low expectations, and maybe that's why they're they're yeah. higher than he expected. But right. I'll say this: whoever the Rockets take it for, me personally. Dream scenario, like you have Jarius Walker. I've also got a UCF guy at the top of the list, Taylor Hendricks. Now, Taylor Hendricks does not fit this Rockets roster at all, just like Jarius Walker doesn't. But hey, he does. Taylor Hendricks would be a wonderful. I would love to have him. Love to have Taylor Hendricks, but I don't think it's gonna happen. So, but like when it going back to where we were with Eamon's jump shot. No, it does not concern me because what? if you are totally concerned about the jump shot, you should get the best shooter in the draft. So go and get, you know, Grady Dick or go and get, you know, a guy like that. But let me ask you Jordan a question. Hawkins from UConn. Like, like, but I mean, those guys are, you know, taking that, taking Grady Dick or Jordan Hawkins at number four doesn't make sense. You trade down and you get that. Yeah, so, I, don't, I don't agree at all. 
Why? Why do you say that? Why do you say trade down? Had a nice episode. You could just agree with me, but no. No, but take your guy in four. Like that's look. Here's the thing. Because because Mike Mike the perceived because the perceived if the perceived value of a prospect is not the number four pick perceived by who a bunch of the rest the rest of the general managers and the rest of the teams that are deciding everything. Get out of here! But that doesn't matter if you trust. You just said if you trust Udoka, Udoka, who do you want to take? You're going to tell me you wouldn't be okay. Taylor Hendricks, 6'9 forward at number four. Would you be okay with that pick? Yes, but the thing is, Mike, is is if if they really feel like Taylor Hendricks is the best player that they should take, then they should trade, they should at least try. I'm not saying they, they need to, but they should at least try and trade down. Why? Because, because if they can get more assets and get the player that they would have picked at number four, they should take it. But you know what the problem that I have with what you just said? You can't guarantee your guy there. Like well, then they have to take that risk. But that's my problem. Why take the risk? Just take your guy at four. Like the perceived value of all of these guys, like you talk about, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but what happens if you trade down to nine and he goes at seven? Yeah, you pick up another, another pick, but you and I both know you don't need another pick. Just take your guy at four. It's two different schools of thought. It's two different schools. I'm not saying they should, but they should at least try. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to go out on a limb, and it's not just because I'm wearing the polo tonight. My guess is if they stay at four, they're taking Jarris Walker. Don't ask me why. I have a funny feeling they're taking Jarris Walker at four. Jarris Walker's stock is going to have to take a significant boost in the next two or so weeks in order for that to happen. That's all I'm going to say. I'm just going to throw it out there. that That's my take that based on what this roster needs, I think they're taking them in. I, I, I don't see it at all. I just I just don't see it. I don't – like why – this team does not need another forward. It does not need another forward. No, they don't need another small forward. They need a power forward, though. Because if they're they going to – They got a power forward last year, Mike. No, nah, they got a three. They did. Nah, they got Jabari. Jabari's a three. Not a five. He's not a four. Jabari played zero three last year, dude. You can't count last year. Last year was a was an anomaly because the roster was hot, smoking garbage, coached by a guy that should be an assistant at best in the NBA, which is what he is right now. Here's the thing. So let me ask you this. So we we're at this point now with with uh, with Raphael Stone. He's talked about the roster he's talked about how he wants to draft just best player available do you jeremy brenner believe that amen thompson is the fourth best player in this draft don't take anything into account of this roster do you look at the prospects available in this draft taking the top three him everybody else who do you believe is the fourth best prospect in this draft player individual player wise nba prospect rank your top let's say five prospects in this draft let me one yep scoot two Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go brandon miller three and honestly i would probably say given on his ceiling i think amen thompson's number four and number five Say it. Say it. Ah. Say it. 
Say it, Jeremy Brenner. Say it. I'm wearing his polo right now. Say it. Taylor Hendricks. Ah, well, I'm not wearing his polo right now. <laughs> um, you know, that, that fifth one's up for grabs too. But, like, that's what makes this draft really interesting, right? Because yeah. there's a lot of players that you could say fit this build. Cam Whitmore is an option as well. Taylor yeah. Hendricks. You know, Jairus Walker. I feel like there's a lot of guys that are very similar. I don't think any of those guys, though, can be an all-star in the NBA. And that's why I put Eamon ahead of them. Because I think if Eamon's career goes exactly the way, like in the best case scenario, I think Eamon's ceiling is an all-star. And if you're the Rockets at this point, it's at a position of higher need, a, a guard. You need a guard to put next to Jalen. And, and Scoot is, Kevin Porter Jr. is, you can do better. You can do better than Kevin Porter Jr. And you have, I'm not saying Eamon Thompson is going to be better than Kevin Porter Jr., but he has the potential to be. Eamon Thompson's ceiling, based on where he is right now, is higher than Kevin Porter's ceiling. And so that's why you take Eamon Thompson, you're banking on that upside. That's what the Thompson twins both provide. They're they're kind of unknowns because they're playing from this overtime elite league that's two years old that doesn't have all this talent. But their their build and all of that represents someone that could be a really good player in the NBA if they have the right kind of development, the right kind of coaching, the right situation. And I don't necessarily know if Eamon Thompson gets all of that in Houston, but there's a good there, there's it's worth a try now there's just so many unknown variables and that's been the kind of the theme of our first couple of episodes on the kiss of death podcast is we really don't know where all of these you know all of these variables are going to go once june 22nd rolls around there's gonna be a lot more clarity and i'll feel a lot more comfortable saying a lot of these things i feel like i'm saying these things with like 80 percent conviction but once the draft comes, I'll say it with a, you know, the extra 20% will, will come into the light. I'll feel a lot more confident in the things that I'm saying. The thing is, like, I, I'm not like Mr. Draft guy. Like, I'm not a scout. So I can't tell you that. And, and the thing is, Mike and I, we've never claimed to be like professional scouts or GMs no. or anything like that. No. We're just fans. And so what I see from Eamon Thompson is, yes, the jump shot may be a concern, but it doesn't concern me to totally pass up on him at number four he because his feeling overall is just too shoot. high compared to everyone else that could be bro, on the board at that spot bro he can't shoot you're gonna tell me that's not a that's not a source of concern he literally he can't shoot but what Watch i'm him. saying is if, if your concern is that he cannot shoot then you're 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 totally looking you're not you're not looking at everything else if you're looking at shooting as like the number one thing go get grady dick go get jordan hawkins like seriously because like that's that's like and look the rockets need three-point shooting so that wouldn't necessarily be a horrible pick i wouldn't necessarily take them at number four because i think they could get them later in the draft but amen thompson's more than just a bad shooter like i i hate that that's kind of no because he's more he's so much more than that he really is but he's also the the thing that that rafael stone said that really concerns me is that the draft and free agency have no correlation together because either he's lying or he doesn't have the wherewithal. Well, no, here, here's what he's saying. This is, which he I'm has gonna be, Mike, I'm going to be a Rafael Stone translator here, okay? 
what, he sucks and he hasn't done anything in three years? You mean besides that? Because that's that's true. That's facts. That is false. No, um, his roster has done this is what he thinks. This is what he means by they don't correlate. What happens in free agency should not affect the draft. But what happens in the draft will eventually affect free agency. But he didn't say that. That's the problem. But he doesn't have to say that, Mike. He shouldn't say that. No, but he said it. He said the draft has no correlation to free agency. But that's not what he means when he says that, Mike. We, we've already gone over the, the fact. Problem. We've already gone over the fact that Rafael Stone and and every NBA GM and every NBA coach is not going to give away all their cards in press conferences. And don't talk. That's my problem. They don't say that. But Mike, they're they're contractually obligated to speak to the media. Then don't lie. Like that's the problem that I have, Jeremy, is that he's lying. Then. I'm not saying he's what's not wrong lying? with that. Like, what? Like, he does not owe anybody anything. He doesn't owe you anything. He doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't owe. He owes anyone the franchise anything. something besides being a shitty GM for the last three years, which is what he's been. He doesn't owe you anything, Mike. He no, I'm not anything. saying he owes me anything. I'm saying he owes the franchise something. That's what I'm saying. Yes, but the thing is, Mike, is he's been put in this position to where he's been like kind of tasked with rebuilding this from the ground up and what he's done is he's gone the route of totally tearing it down and building it back up from scratch and we have you know gone back and forth over our 400 episodes together about how this is a good idea or a bad idea and at the end of the day it's a risk it's a risk either way but i'm going to stick by everything i've said up until you know from our first episode on in that I would much rather be in the position the Rockets are in than playing as a mediocre team every single year, making the making the eight seed every year and getting eliminated in the first round and, and or getting eliminated in the you know play in tournament. That's what the Spurs were doing. That's what the Spurs were doing. And the heater in the final. They, they got tired of it, traded away DeJounte Murray, got three picks, got lucky in the draft that they needed to hit on, and got the number one pick. The, the Rockets just haven't, haven't been as lucky. So you're telling me that the Heat being an eight seed and in the NBA Finals, that doesn't that doesn't take any sort of of what's the best way? Yeah, but the Heat were the number one seed last year, Mike. They were the number eight seed this year. Apples and oranges. We can't compare the two. Sure, you can. You're, you've asked me a hundred times, do you, would you rather be an eight seed or would you rather be where the Rockets are? I'm going to ask you this, I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to ask you this. Would you rather be the Rockets right now or the Brooklyn Nets? I'd rather be the Rockets. Would you rather be the Los, would you rather be the Los Angeles Clippers or the Houston Rockets? The Clippers, 100% of the time. Not right now. Yes, 100%. Not right now. They've got no picks and they've got no hope. They've got no future. Really? They've, they've got, got Michael West because they're starting point guard, Mike. Come on, they got four one in the first round. They got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I'd yeah, and they haven't done them anything. Have. They haven't done them anything by the standards that you set to people. They didn't win anything. So what's, they what's won the it. point? hundred percent, they haven't won anything. What yeah. So what? No. How does that make them different than the Rockets? Ah, by your definition of success, superstars. You got super. They were in the playoffs. Yeah, this but they're superstars that aren't winning for them. So, would you rather have superstars that aren't winning for you and are costing you the future of your franchise, or would you rather cut your losses now, try to get those superstars organically through the draft, 
and trying in. I don't listen. I would you rather be the Rockets or the Minnesota Timberwolves? Right now, I'd rather, I'd rather be the Timberwolves. Then, then enjoy mediocrity. I, would you rather? You have must really like mediocrity, Mike. Come on, that, would you rather only, have mediocrity or being explanation for that? Being the worst team in the league the last three years, which is what the Rockets have been. If you're going to ask the me, is, Mike, I is the the I, I applaud the Timberwolves for you know taking a swing. I applaud them for that. But if you take the swing, you best not miss. And the Timberwolves have whiffed. It's one year. It's yeah, but they're, year. Like, you're telling me that they're – you're telling me the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to figure it out and get a championship? I'm saying they have a better shot. That's why at they traded for Rudy Gobert. And look at where it's gotten them. It, it's they're one worse. year. They're worse. They got, they got the defensive player of the year, and they should, be, they should be better. They're worse. They have a horrible head coach. You and I both know they have a horrible head coach. Chris Finch is awful. If he was any good, the Rockets would have had him. So congrats. It's been one year. My point is, take the swing. You and I both said it on a show about a year yeah, ago. Yeah, but take the swing, but don't take a swing where it's like a half swing. That was a full swing. What they it, did with Gobert is a full swing. Exactly, but the Rockets are not in a position to take a full swing like that because the Rock, like the Wolves, where they were, they were the number seven seed. They had a good compared to their previous years. That was the best they had ever done. They had Anthony Edwards, the number one pick in the draft. They had Carl Anthony Towns. They were building something, yep. and then they went out and made the trade. The Rockets are not there yet. The Rockets are not there yet. Once the Rockets make the play-in, the next time they make the play-in or the playoffs, then you take that swing. See, but let me ask you this. Then you take that swing. It's the timing. The timing has to be right. And I, for right now, the Rockets have not got the timing right. They're, they're Patience, Mike. Patience. That's the number one. Thing we I've preached the whole run of our show. I don't disagree. You be I don't disagree with you, but it, you understand that what you're saying is completely artificial. Your opinion. There is no scientific fact behind it, right? Like, why do you have to wait until you get into the? I never said it was a scientist. Mike. I'm not, I, no, but that's my point, fam. Like, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying there are multiple schools of thought. It, my point is, if you have a chance to go get ready now NBA talent you don't have to wait before make the plan then make the trade go make the trade now go make it happen now you have would you agree Ime Udoka is a top 10 coach in the league right now top 10 coach yeah then why are Probably you number waiting? nine or number 10 then why are you waiting for anything go make it happen because, now go get as much but, NBA but talent Mike, right now I'm gonna ask you this Yep. What is what is what is a better path for the Rockets right now? Is it A, trade some of the youth that you've already gotten for a player right now, or sign James Harden and you don't have to get rid of any of them? That's the swing that they're gonna take. And Depends that is a calculated that's a that's a to be honest, that is a much safer path for me. But here's the go problem. and sign James Hart. Because the thing is, Mike, is you can't say this, what you just said right now, and then be against bringing James Harden in. But here's the problem. Because James problem. Harden elevates this team. He elevates them, gets them to that point. And then what you can do, you can go and trade. Let's just say this. Let's say they sign James Harden, right? They signed James Harden this year. I would say that would put the Rockets in a position to compete for the play-in at, at worst. 
because I think the West is kind of all over the place this year, and I don't see that changing. And I think the Rockets will have a shot to make the play in next year based on all of the assets they currently have. They won't have to trade anybody because they have the salary cap space to take Harden's contract, even if it is $50 million a year. I'm not necessarily the hugest fan of the contract, but you can't deny that James Harden would elevate this team. And if it takes a $50 million per year contract and you can find a way to put like a team option on year four or something like that, find a way to take that $5,200 and turn it into like $3,150, that is a much safer sign because you don't have to sacrifice anything. You don't have to give up anything. And the thing is with the Rockets right now, there's so many pieces to this puzzle. You don't know how they're going to pan out. So you want to keep them just in case they end up being the best players you have. You don't want to be the dude that traded away the best player out of all your guys and, and have them be successful on another team. But you know the what the problem is? Have the guys that they have. They want the best of the best from who they've drafted. That's why they've drafted so many players over the last several years. And they have talent within that crop. Not all of them are going to pan out. They never were planning to be. But why trade any of them if you don't have to? And that is why James Harden makes sense for the Rockets right now. Because he elevates the team, gets them to a respectable point. They can compete for a play-in. They're not going to compete for a championship. That's not why you're bringing in James Harden. But once you bring in James Harden for one year and you say, hey, maybe we've got a squad here. Oh, let's go. Let Now you make a trade. Now you make a trade. Now you try to get something, and then you make that next step forward. The and then we're approaching is, that 2025, 2026 range, which is what I've always projected to be when the Rockets will be contenders again. But you and I both know the problem with what you just said is what happens when he resigns in Philadelphia. There's no response to that. Then you go and you get somebody else. Then why not plan for that now, though, is my point. Why not go for both avenues? The problem, the problem with what you just said. I don't disagree with anything you just said, but it all falls apart when he realizes his best chance at winning and potentially money is Philadelphia. But maybe that's not what he wants. Maybe not. Maybe not. But the whole the whole premise of what you just said falls by the wayside when and if he realizes that the Rockets should not give him four years, $200 million. That makes zero sense. For the Houston Rockets, none whatsoever. Even though my buddy Austin says Houston does have better strippers, that's true. But the bottom line is, if he goes back to Philadelphia, Jeremy, then what? And that's why my problem with what Raphael Stone, with what he said, it's not the draft and the free agency have no correlation, is so false. Because you have to draft with an intention of, what you wish to do in free agency. Because if they draft in Thompson, they better not go after James Harden. Because let me ask you a question. Very simply, does it make sense to draft Amen Thompson, then go sign James Harden to you? Yes, because I think Eamon Thompson can be – I don't think Eamon Thompson is strictly a point guard. I think you can work ways in to where Eamon Thompson can fit in lineups even alongside James Harden. And if James Harden is taking a break or if he's not playing all 82 games in a season, which he's, you know, like the Rockets have access. Like you can't just give the playmaking abilities to one guy. You you have to spread it out. And that's why Eamon Thompson does not mean you go out and 
you don't get James Harden. With Scoot Henderson, it's a little bit different because I feel like Scoot Henderson is a franchise point guard, thousand percent. Like he, that's who he is, and there is no verse like he is a one. There's no Scoot Henderson at the two. There's no Scoot Henderson at the three. With Eamon Thompson, though, you can make an argument because he's six seven, he's lanky, and he's got passing abilities. Like he can be a one because he's a good passer. He can be a two because he can play with other guards. He's a th- he can play a three because he has the length for it. So that's why Eamon Thompson is an exception to this rule versus Scoot Henderson. But the different, but there's no difference to me, Jeremy. Like, you but, said, and the thing is, Mike is no, like here. No if, if you take Eamon Thompson, if you take Eamon Thompson. They're the same guy. They're the does same. Does that stop you from guy. getting, say, Chris Middleton? Well, no, because they play different positions. Well, exactly, because Eamon Thompson can play several different positions. So if they take Eamon Thompson, to me, what that says is the Rockets are full game for anybody in free agency because you can play Eamon Thompson is adaptable and can play several different spots with several different people. That's what the appeal is with him at number four is that he can play several different styles, several different positions and can play with several different people. But he's a, but he's a point guard. He's, you don't need he him to be a point guard. Mike. He, it's like, it's like Kevin Porter jr. He's not a good point guard either. They're playing him out of position. But what I'm saying is Kevin Porter Jr. doesn't have to be a point guard. It's like they the whole thing with Kevin Porter Jr. is that he has the size of a two guard, but they're putting him in a point guard position because guard. they needed him to be a playmaker. Sure. Eamon Thompson has those playmaking abilities, which could make him a point guard in a five-man lineup, but he doesn't have to be. You look at Tyrese Maxey and what he's doing next to James Harden. Tyrese Maxey was a point guard, but he's been able to adapt – next to James Harden. That's why Tyrese Maxey is is one of the rising players in the NBA because he can play multiple positions and he's a playmaker. That's what Eamon Thompson can be if everything goes well. I don't know, man. I think I think you're giving him a little more credit than I am. I mean, I don't see any difference. Like, if you draft him, Scoot Henderson or him, it's to be your franchise point guard. I'm not moving him to multiple different positions. Scoot Henderson? Yes. Well, yeah, Scoot Henderson's a total. I just explained why Scoot Henderson is no, a totally I know, but different. I, but I'm disagreeing with you because I think Scoot and him are the same position. They're both point guards. I'm not trying right. him and Thompson to move him to the two or the three. I know he could play those other positions, but I'm not drafting a guy at four to change positions. He better be my point guard. Is my point. I'm drafting Mike, him. That's that's the thing, Mike. Is like it, there's. They just tried that with KPJ and it didn't work for three years. Hey, you're a point guard, but you're not a point guard. Amen Thompson is a point guard. Mike, that's like, that's the common like thread amongst a lot of these really good teams is that they play positionless basketball. And I, and that's what Boston does. Like Boston is, is a good example of that. Boston doesn't have a traditional one through five. But Boston has And a- that's what Ime Udoka is going to bring to Houston, wouldn't you think? Yeah, but Boston hasn't won anything in 20 years. So why would I take their philosophy? Because that's who they hired, Mike. I get that's it. Who they hired? They hired Udoka. I get it, but that's my. You're making that's my what's going to happen, Mike. In like, Boston, they had, a point guard. they had a point guard. They had Marcus Smart. They had. They had is Marcus Smart the number one playmaker in that offense? No. No, he wasn't. But they play position basketball. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Robert Williams. That one is, through five. 
I'm going to vehemently disagree with that. And I don't want to even go into the explanation. Why? People, people can make their opinions on, on who they feel is correct. I'm not saying you're wrong. I am saying, I just think that you're wrong. That's all I'm saying. Well, wrong about what though? About how Boston's philosophy is positioned. I don't disagree. Jason Tatum runs their offense. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yes. We're on the same page. So would that make him the point guard? No, that makes him the facilitator of the offense. Exactly. So that, that's the thing, Mike, is you're, you're saying facilitator. You're not saying forward. You're not saying guard. That's how the NBA is. I agree. Jokic and, is Denver's facilitator. But you know what? And do? Jamal Murray. You know what? And, you, you know, so it's like they, they do something different as well. Jimmy Butler is the facilitator for Miami. But Gabe Vincent's the point guard. But Bam Adebayo's got – like, so every player is – this whole guard forward center mindset one, two, three, four, five mindset. You, you need to try to unlearn that because that's something that was part of the NBA for years and years and years. And in the last, really honestly, since the Golden State, I would say Golden State is probably the first team to kind of break that and say, hey, we don't really care what who what number everyone is or what forward guard is every like they don't care about that. But you and, know what and, and that is that is what is successful in today's NBA, and that's all I care about. What's successful in today's NBA? The difference in what you just said and what Amen Thompson is, all of those guards that you just described can shoot the ball. Marcus Smart is a north of a 38%. And that's the thing. That's, that's the thing Thompson Amen Thompson. And, and, and you look at you look at the guy, they 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 bring in Ben Sullivan. Ben Sullivan has been has a proven track record of improving guys, three point shots. Look, not every prospect's going to be perfect, but give me this. Okay. Let's say Eamon Thompson does shoot 37, 38%. How do you feel about him? Is he the number oh. two player in this class? Uh, he's 19 no. years no, old. He's, he's, he's gonna, not better than Scoot. He's, he's not 19 than years old. There's no, there's like, he's 19. Scoot Henderson's a 30% three point shooter too. He's so, He's also so much better at the facilitating aspect of the game than Amen Thompson is. But that's the thing is like you ask me like I agree, what if, but what if he shoots thirty eight percent? Well, if the queen had balls, she'd be the king. You know what I mean? Like it's a huge. But Mike, gift. the thing is about You're these prospects. These prospects, they're not finished products. They're I prospects, and you can't just assume that because Amen Thompson doesn't have a three-point shot now that he won't have one in the future. I'm not saying he will, but if that's the only thing that you're, you're like knocking him down on, that's something you can, that, that's something that you can develop. Maybe. Maybe. You can't necessarily develop someone that is, you can't develop height. You can't develop, you know, any of that. And what Eamon Thompson brings outside of the three-point shot is valuable enough for the number four pick. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. You so, make, okay? Where is Amon Thompson for you in this draft? Huh? Where is Amon Thompson for you in this draft? We did this exercise like ten minutes ago. Seven. I ranked my top five. Seven. I want to. I want you to rank up until where Amon Thompson is. Um, he's number seven for me. Um, I mean, if you're looking at prospects, Victor Wenbanyama. Top six. Who's the top six? Victor Wenbanyama one. Scoot Henderson two. Um. I'm going to go ahead and put Brandon Miller three. I would, me personally, I would put, oh man, 
four, I'm going to put Jarris Walker. Five, I'll put Cam Whitmore. Six, I would put Taylor Hendricks. Seven, I would put Amen Thompson. That's my top seven. And honestly, I'm pretty close to putting Amen number eight and putting Anthony Black ahead of him. I told you how much I liked Anthony Black out of Arkansas before. I love Anthony Black because he's got a he's got a lower floor. That's just that's that's the way. No, lower floor. So that's why you like him better. Yeah, because I'm not taking a guy at four that has a chance of being a complete bust, which what Amen Thompson has the ability to do. So do all these guys. All these guys have the ability Mike, to be bust. But listen, if you're asking, me, listen, I, he can't you shoot. Say Anthony Black is better than Amon Thompson because he has a lower floor than him. No, I'm saying that I would like him more for the Rockets because of all of the things that he does. And between the two guys, he has a lower floor, in my opinion, than what Amen Thompson does. If Amen Thompson doesn't, uh, maybe I'm just not understanding what you're saying. Because if if someone has a lower floor, why would you prefer them over someone with a higher floor? Higher floor means that someone... No, what I mean... Sorry. What I mean is... Sorry, my apologies. He's a higher floor. Higher floor. My apologies. That he has a better chance at being more of a mediocre player. Higher floor. My apologies. I misspoke. Okay. I was going to say. He has a higher floor than Amen Thompson does. I'm going to pull up some stats. I haven't been pulling up stats in a while, but here we go. Anthony Black. Anthony Black. I want, I want to pull up his um, – Hold up. I want According to, to an NBA drafter, a big point guard with great handles and elite – 6'7", 198 pounds, Yep. 30% from the three-point line, 70% free throw shooter, average 12.8, five, five rebounds, four assists. In the SEC. Versus the SEC. better basketball than the G League. Look at Eamon Thompson now. Eamon Thompson, 16 games, 16 points a game, six, re- six rebounds a game, six assists a game. So also on top of that, let me mind you, the – the the um the amount of games played, the sample size. Yep. Anthony Black, thirty six versus Eamon Thompson, sixteen. One hundred percent. Absolutely. But Eamon Thompson's averaging sixteen six and six compared to Anthony Black's twelve five and four. In a better league, though, against better competition, so he has a better book. The of thing is, Mike, is I can understand. I I more. I'm understanding a little bit more of saying Cam Whit- Cam Whitmore is better than Eamon Thompson, and here's why. Cam uh, Taylor Hendricks has potential to be better than Cam, uh, than Eamon Thompson, and here's why. But when you say Anthony Black, who's basically the same player, like they're basically the same player, you got to go with the player with the higher ceiling. That's Eamon I Thompson. I don't agree. They're not taking Anthony Black at number four. There's no way. I'm not saying that they're. Let's going get that to. out of our heads. They're I not- think. I think. I think one of here. Here's who the Rockets need to be looking at at number four. Eamon Thompson, Isaiah Thompson, Cam Whitmore, Jarris Walker, Brandon Miller. I think it's gonna be one of those five guys. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this before we wrap the show up. What player in this draft reminds you 
of Marcus Smart the most? I don't think they need to get Marcus Smart. I'm not saying that they do or they don't. I'm asking because that's who he coached in Boston. Who reminds you of Marcus Smart the most in this draft? It's Anthony Black. That That's probably the maybe the smartest thing you've said this episode. Okay. Well, that's my point. That's why but I'm the bringing thing it is, up. Mark, is you, if you have a chance to get Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart was a top 10 pick. Like, I'm not saying like all the like, first team. You don't think they could do worse than that at four? I think they can do better. They could, but what I would you do better? And that's why you take in. That's why you take him in Thompson because Eamon Thompson has potential to be better than Anthony Black, and that's just period. He does have the chance of being better, but what if I guaranteed you Marcus Smart at four? But you You're cannot guarantee Marcus Smart at number four, Mike. You can't guarantee anything in the draft. You can't guarantee anything with Eamon Thompson either. So what would you rather bet on? The guy I would rather bet on the guy with the higher ceiling. That's fine. That's fair. That's fair. I'm not saying you're right or wrong. I'm saying we have a difference of opinion. That's it. And I'm saying your opinion is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and until next time, I think this is a decent place to park the rocket ship. It's always fun disagreeing with you, Mr. Brennan. That's what we do best, baby. That's why we're family. You know, at this point. I agree with I agree with everything that was said in this episode. Even taking Anthony Black in for no, oh, no, me, no. That me. was never said. Mid show, mid show, realizing I meant to say higher floor, not lower floor. My fault. This has been another episode of the Kiss of Death podcast, episode number five. If you are on Twitter, make sure to follow the Kiss of Death at Rockets FFSN. Make sure to follow the mothership of the Kiss of Death podcast. You can follow Fans First Sports Network at Fans First SN. Follow my co pilot on. Twitter at Jeremy Brenner, J E R E M Y B R E N E R. And you can follow my co pilot. You can follow Mike. Oh, no, that doesn't work either. You can follow my co pilot, Michael Brown, on Twitter at Mike Brown underscore 2020. Make sure to follow the Dream Shake on Twitter at the Dream Shake. We'll be back live with you on Tuesday night at eight o'clock Central Standard Time, right here, same spot you're watching tonight. And until next time, Rockets fans, go Rockets.